Okay, so timer is going. Timer so, is going. So we're actually live now. The clock is ticking. So podcast. Speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> podcast one on friendships. Yes, the first podcast of orangutans in the field. The combined podcast of talking orangutans and meet me in the field. Marva and Freddy, your hosts. Yeah. So friendship. Do. When you said, let's talk about friendship, the thought came to me, okay, what is a friend? Mm. And I heard early in my adult life that a friend is someone who goes out at night and gets two blowjobs and comes home and gives his friend one. <laughs> uh, I just took a sip as you were talking. I took all, all that water in my mouth. It was very hard work. <laughs> so what do you think of that as a definition of friendship? <laughs> I think we need to talk about... Uh, <laughs> Morality first. <laughs> I think we should talk about who do you choose as a podcast co-host <laughs> and why? <laughs> and uh, how you have this idea of what you're going to talk of and then this happens. Fuck, I don't know. That is really starting on a different note. I do like your concept of a friend. <laughs> So do I. <laughs> I'm a like, true, who wouldn't? True friend. Yeah, totally so. Fuck. Okay, so so what's the question? I've got a... What is friendship? What is true friendship? Mm. And I obviously have been thinking a, a lot about this. And the one thing that comes up for me when, when we talk friendship is there's this, there's this romantic notion mm. that... You're going to meet somebody in your life and you, you're going to be, what do they call it? BFF, best oh. friends forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether I believe in the whole BFF concept. Um, I think friendship is far more a, a situational thing. It's two people finding themselves with, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Combined interest or combined situational thing like we work together we we, we 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 do something together and because of that a friendship starts and then when that um a, a, a common denominator when that comedy common denominator disappears for instance you design from from your job mm. then you lose contact with that guy that that was your best friend a lot doesn't yeah. have to be but it happens a lot that that's the case yeah. so i think of friendship as ships passing in the night I have a slightly different take on that. Like, cool. so for example... So we've got a topic for discussion. <laughs> debate starting now. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to give myself one point already. <laughs> All it says you are wrong. <laughs> so I would say I distinguish between like real friends yep. and these common friends if you want to call it that um, oh, we all have a few common friends that's you know okay. so like this is my uh, study friends these yeah. are my work friends and this is my this is my best work friend yes. like so from all my work friends this is my favorite um, and then sometimes they transfer or translate into real friends yes. so I have a friend called Carmen she's coming down from the UK in a week you would love her uh -huh. Everyone loves Carmen. Um, <laughs> Just like Raymond. <laughs> exactly. Um, we were study friends at Stellenbosch University. Okay. But then that transferred into real friendship. 
And I had another guy that was my friend at uh, university. We were almost better friends than me and Carmen. His name was Heinrich. And then as soon as we graduated, I basically never heard from yeah. him again. With Carmen and I, we're still in, the, in regular contact. And, and do, you, do you, sorry to interrupt you there, but do you ever think I should rekindle a friendship with Heinrich? Or, or uh, not exactly. I think so we you don't have the need? The, no. The, the, the need to... It, it, it served its purpose. The friendship yeah. was there and it's done. See, that's, that's in a big way how I feel about it. Yeah, I've tried. So I went overseas and then uh, Calm and I were overseas together. And then I came back from uh, the UK after four years and I tried to see Heinrich. But by that time, he was in a different place. And yeah. But listen, if, if our paths cross again, because like sometimes he randomly phones me out of the blue or I randomly phone him and it's like it's super nice. And there yeah. is like this history that we share. But our lives are just completely different. Yeah. Where so for Carmen and I, but then there's real friends, and you fall for me under that category. Where it's like you meet someone in one of these environments, but they very quickly translate into like a real friend, which is like, and for me, a real friend is like someone just who interests you. Um, you like to hear their stories. They like to hear your stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's someone that you can share some deeper stuff with. Yeah. Uh, someone that knows how to treat that deeper stuff with respect, but can also sometimes challenge it. Um, and sometimes piss themselves laughing about it as well. <laughs> exactly. You know, so a deeper friend for me is a, is a little bit like that. And um, I don't know. I don't know if you have a take on any of this. I 100% agree with you. And... I think the interesting thing is, is, is what, what is that thing that, that distinguishes the situational friend, the Heinrich, from the Carmen? Why, why does the one friendship continue into a lifelong friendship and the other one doesn't? Mm. And I don't know the answer to that. But one thing that I truly believe is, is important for a true friendship, and that is vulnerability. And... I don't know if you can remember how our friendship started. You invited me to come onto your podcast. Yeah. And we had coffee before we... we, we, we Sorry, quick naughty bears that I remember that. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> and at the coffee be before, before we actually did the podcast, is you, you said to me kind of, you know, it, I've actually realized that I don't have a lot of friends. Mm. And I would like to make a friend. Mm. And that was bloody awesome because I've always seen you and always liked you. But my, my thought was, why would this guy want to be friends with me? So you made yourself vulnerable. Mm. And, and, and look what's developed from that. At some stage, somebody needs to, 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 to say kind of a relationship. At some stage, one, one person needs to make themselves vulnerable and say, I love you. Mm. With, with the risk of, 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 of the, the reciprocation not going to happen. So I think vulnerability in a, in a, in a, in a friendship is really, really important. Mm. Where mm. One person needs to be able to make themselves vulnerable. And that's where you said earlier, the respect. And the other person need, needs to re respect that vulnerability mm -hmm. and hopefully reciprocate it. I've got a friend that Pietra, Pietra and I dated in Standard 7. And 
Yeah. So that yeah. okay. And so we gotta we gotta mention this now. <laughs> Let's address the elephant in this room. <laughs> okay, so I was exper- experimenting. I was trying to be straight, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie was trying not to be himself yeah, by dating girls. Do not do not be me. Anything but me. And um so Petra and I dated and I can't remember well, obviously, we, I, I know why it didn't work, because I was lying in, in the relationship. Mm. But something in, in that relationship translated into us staying friends at school and good friends at school. We went to the same varsity, but she was then dating and I was doing my thing. And we didn't have a lot of contact with each other. But when we, when we connected, it was always as if we, we've never been, been separate. Mm. And that friendship lasted through varsity, through work or whatever. To make a very long story short, is I'm now 52. So I was 13 when that, fri- that, when that friendship started. Yeah. And last year on my birthday, she now lives in Johannesburg. I live in Cape Town. She called me and said, um, when my father passed away, I inherited his timeshare bordering the Kruger Park. So I was wondering for your birthday whether you and your husband would like to join me for a week's holiday in the end of October. And she was starting to say, it's got two bedrooms. I said, stop, 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 stop. Yeah, we're in. You, know, you don't say no to a free holiday in the Kruger, for God's sake. So, <laughs> so I didn't care. So, and she and my husband met, and they just connected immediately. And what an awesome way for me to have a holiday where my really good friend and my husband really connect. Mm. So all that I do is I sit back and relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for, for me, that, that's the true friendship. I, I was at, at her father's funeral. Um, it accidentally happened that I was in Johannesburg when, when his funeral was. I didn't fly out specifically for it. But I cried so much at his funeral that I felt so embarrassed because I thought this is... This is not socially acceptable to cry so much at somebody's funeral who you knew but didn't really know that well. But I felt her pain. Mm. And now this year at, at my father's funeral, she, she didn't say she's going to arrive, but the next minute she walked into the church and I made space for her in, in the row of family. Mm-hmm. That's where she belonged. And for me, that's an amazing friendship. And, and I don't know what what it is that that we have but it's there we're gonna think we i want well i'm gonna maybe ask you in a, in a few minutes what do you think it is but two things that you mentioned there for me one is funerals so when someone dies in your life it's strange to see who your friends are yeah or not who your friends are, you have many friends, but it's strange to see how some people behave in a certain way and other people don't and vice versa. Yeah. And they always say like, wait for a tough part in your life to see who your real friends are. And um, so when my brother died five years ago, it was strange to see the people that suddenly came into my life and it was strange to see some people being non-existent yeah. or not reaching out. And the other thing that you said was uh, time. Like for, you know, I think real friends, it's that, it's that stereotypical, um, even if we haven't seen each other in a year, even if we speak once a year, for yeah. that 
conversation, we click. Yeah. And again, why do we click? I don't know, but we click. And I have a few friends like that, so I'm lucky enough to have lived abroad, so a lot of my friends are scattered around the world. And I have some of these friends, which is like you can see them once every five years, yeah. and then for that little period, like it's, all, it's like, dude, it's so cool to see you. Um, but then I've also realized that some friends, it's nice to have them at a distance. And yes. if I had to spend every single day with them, <laughs> that's a little bit difficult. Exactly. Having them in the same country, yeah. maybe. Then, then, then I had this holiday <laughs> with a friend uh, six years ago. And I was like, fuck, we best mates, but maybe for going on a holiday, we are not compatible. Because yes. him and his girlfriend... And me and my girlfriend. Oh, my and way. we were just not compatible. It's like I could have gone with a bunch of random fucks and it would have been <laughs> a little, little bit more harmonious. So again, like friendship doesn't always mean like everything's perfect yeah. all the time. And then there's also like I have school friends, you know. So it's again like I have school friends, university friends, recovery friends. There's such a variety of friends. Yes. And recovery friends are weird ones because we have this autumn. <laughs> yeah, so we have this automatic honesty with each other. We have this automatic understanding. It's almost like when, you, when people go to the gym, and it's like, I like the gym, and it's like, I like the gym too. And then there's this automatic understanding yeah. of a certain lifestyle. Um, so I don't know, but the, the thing for me, the interesting thing for me is, uh, I, I think definitely with my brother dying, there's a few people that I thought would have come by for coffee. And one of the things that bothered me the most about when my brother died is that nobody came for coffee. So he died, I think, on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, my mom and dad had like 30 people popping by to come give their condolences yeah. in person. And I didn't have anyone. Oh and then, and I think obviously because I was young. Yeah. Uh, and you also came back from, from, from London. I came back just, from just, Poland. Just from Poland, just before that. Yeah, so. well, I was back in the country for a while. Was I it? think I was back for six weeks. Okay. And then he died. And someone that showed up was we, my brother and I, we were in a band in high school. And our vocalist showed up out of the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Just came walking around the corner, I think, on that Sunday. Yeah. And that meant the world to me. And he wasn't even there for me. He was just there to show his respect. Yeah. And it turned out to be like this magical moment where he came. And I was like, I could just share something. So anyone listening and they're wondering if they're a good friend. When someone dies, at minimum, a phone call, yeah. a couple of text messages. But literally go show up for an awkward 30 seconds. Yeah. And maybe that turns into an hour conversation or two hours, but literally just showing up in person. But I came to realize that from being on that side. Yes. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I did the same, but then it's again like, uh, and that, that immediate two to four weeks, just be physically in the vicinity yes. of that person. Because I saw that my, my father's oh, uh, friends, they did that. They would just randomly show up and be like, we're drinking coffee now. Mm. You're doing this now. And it's a bit taking like leadership in yes. a situation and looking after the other person and not thinking about the awkwardness. I think our, our parents' generation are better at that than we are. Mm. 
because they still grew up in a phase of face-to-face contact with each other, mm. of actually having <laughs> having real conversations with each other, not just on WhatsApp. I remember one, a friend of mine's mother died. And the weirdest thing happened where my whole, with my whole being, I wanted to speak to him about it. Mm. I didn't want to send a message to say I'm sorry to hear. I wanted to speak to him. There was this, I needed that connection with that friend at that stage. Or I wanted him to know that that connection is there. And a a, a message would not have done it. Mm. And it's a difficult conversation. I remember after the conversation, the thought went through my head was, this was really not difficult. Because he he is a true friend. Mm. And I think when you have a real good friend, you, those difficult conversations just come easily. That, that, that connection is there. Yeah. Now with my father passing away, I, I have one friend here in Cape Town. I met her in rehab. And she called every single night before she switched the light off. She would know that I'm in bed already. And mm. it was just kind of, so how things go. And that was amazing. And mm. also before the funeral, she was kind of, you know, I, I, would, I would give my right arm to be there, but you know I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That that type of thing is just the, you you can't put the value to that. You know what I think now while we're talking about friendship. The connecting thing. Could it be and fuck I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is is going through tough times together. Because the thought that goes through my head is like in this, this esprit de corps thing from, from the army. And I know you, you like military stuff. And, and just the thought of it kind of freaks me out. But I'm thinking now that I, I was in the army in, what year did I go in? 89, 1989. One of my best friends is Ben, who I met in the army. So that was definitely a tough time we went through together. For my friend Pietra, mm. at school we were we were both kind of not on the same level as the other kids. <laughs> yeah, we were just slightly different, and mm. and both of us knew we were different. And kind of, if we didn't stick together, we're going to be fucking alone. Mm, <laughs> that mm, type mm. of situation. Um, I mean, we we went to the metric dance together because we we knew that nobody else would ask us. <laughs> 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 so we kind of put put the bet out there. Let, let's go together be, before we feel like outcasts. Let, let's just yeah. <laughs> um, so that might be something that that is is a bonding factor. This girl cursed you who called me every night to, when my father was busy dying. We were in rehab together. Mm. So it, it, it's 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 going through really deep, meaningful stuff. Together, that, that that might really be a, a, a bonding thing. Well, I think it's a contributing thing because I'm sure if we go sit here, I'm like, there's a lot of people we had a lot of difficult stuff with. You yeah. and you were in the army with how many guys and That's how many friends right, do you yeah. have from that time? Two. So it's a bit two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit like I I think that that helps. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like. I'm not saying like if you if you have a friend at the moment they're like oh we're not really friends I fucking go stand in the middle of the desert and try to survive that like bear grows and you're gonna be best mate suddenly. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> because I have some people that I face difficult challenges in my life with, and it's just a special memory. Okay. That's a special yeah. time of my life where all paths crossed, and it's a bit like it is what it is. Yeah. And beyond that, you you have nothing else, which that, makes the conversation awkward because once you've reminisced about that episode that period there's nothing left yeah so it's it's a bit weird and it's like even like school friends the one thing i i what i was thinking now about the, the whole discussion of friendship is i saw a few friends uh last weekend which i haven't seen in years and uh, we used to be best friends and i think what what happened with me was that um I felt after a while that if I don't travel to their town, I will never see them. Okay. Because they never come to my place. It's yeah. always happening on their side. It's always okay. happening on their side. And the weird thing for me was um, no matter how good we friends we were, I just didn't feel like I could say that. And I felt like I did say that or I subtly tried to say that. It's a bit like, you know, just maybe come a bit to my side. Yeah. And it was this weird thing where it's almost like I'm keeping score. And it was the, it's like having a relationship with a girl, which you wouldn't really know. <laughs> no, but it's like, when you, you know, when you start dating, it's like, how many messages have I got? Yeah, and how, oh many, God, yeah. how many have they sent? And you start keeping a bit of score and you're normally fucked when you're at that point. Yeah. And, uh, but now we've had a break and now it feels like an element of maturity has come about. Oh, cool. I think for me, a lot of my friendships have been strange just because I've been young. I'm 34, so I'm still super young. Still a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, it's just, it's weird. So as I'm maturing, I think this whole concept of friendship is also becoming different. It, it, it definitely changes. Question hmm. to you, Marva. Yes. Where do you stand with your partner being your best friend? Your wife or your husband? Well, in your case, your wife. In my yeah. case, my husband. Do you think your, 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 your marriage partner should be your best friend? I don't know. <laughs> His eyes were like saucers before he answered that question. I don't know. I'm, listen, I'm at a weird place. Like... Uh, uh, we see my wife and I, we are going through a bit of couples therapy at the moment. So whatever I say on this topic is a little <laughs> bit uh, polluted <laughs> with just uh, trying to figure out uh, where we are a little bit. I was uh, raised not chauvinistic, but I was raised quite patriarchal. And when I yeah. started dating women, um, they were always the girlfriends. And not like I was... Uh, I was raised with they gonna cook and clean for me, but there was certain shit you just didn't do with your girlfriend. You okay. know, so if I went to go see Metallica this weekend, it's like I'm not fucking going with my girlfriend, <laughs> I'm going with my best mate. <laughs> you know, when I'm going cool, surfing yeah. or fucking downhill mountain biking or whatever, it's like I'm doing this shit. And I think yeah. maybe because I was young, a lot of my friendships were based around activities and not so much discussions. And because I was in recovery, a lot of my uh, friends and recovery is dominated by men. I think maybe because women have healthier uh, capabilities of dealing with emotions yeah. and talking with it and etc. have to use to hide the shit. To, to. So a lot of the, the guys in my life uh, I could talk to. So a girlfriend had like a very weird, small, minimal type of um, 
role and function. But saying that, I think um, my relationship with my wife, I think three or four or five years in, suddenly it was like, fuck, I think she's my best mate right yeah. now. Something happened. Okay. I think there was a certain amount of life experiences which you said, like, there were certain experiences that we've just gone together. Yeah. Uh, there's so much history suddenly. And somehow we just aligned and she became like my best friend where it's like, well, if I'm going to tell the story, I want to tell it to her. Yeah. Like, where maybe before it was like, she'll, she'll be the fourth one to hear something. Yeah. So, it's really cool for me when my partner is my best mate in that regard. Yeah. But you don't think it's a, pre a prerequisite for a happy marriage that your partner needs to be your best mate? No. I don't think so as well. I think it's also like, uh, this is a topic for a different day. I think everyone... Well, what is a happy marriage? You know, what is fulfillment? Yeah. You know, what is... <laughs> so a lot of people, yeah. if you see a, a marriage as a business transaction, and it's like, you are there for sex and this and this and this, and I am here for this, this and this, and I'm like, well, that's a successful marriage yeah. to them. It's like, my previous relationship was seven, 17 and a half years, of which I was married for one. And... I don't think of that relationship as a failed relationship. Mm. It's quite, quite weird. But we, 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 so, we so concentrate on the end of a relationship or the end of a friendship that we don't take into consideration that for 16 years, things were actually going quite well. Yeah. And I'm not going to define the, the six, 17 years in terms of the last year. I refuse to do that. Yeah. We had an awesome time for, for, for 16 of the 17 years. Mm. It wasn't a failed relationship. It was a wonderful relationship that didn't work. Mm. How do you like that? For, for But friendship as well. It, but it was a wonderful friendship and, and then we had a vast difference of opinion about something really fundamental. And But while it lasted, it was a wonderful friendship. Can you overcome a friendship challenge such as you are perfect friends except that this one's a racist and you're not. Oh, God. Because I'm sure in your era, you grew up with a lot more yeah. open, uh, like public racists. Like yes. I grew up in the era of private racists. Yeah. Or situational racists. I am guilty of of hearing people using the K word and not challenging on that. Hmm. So, some of my older friends will definitely still use that word and I will, I will cringe, but for the sake of the friendship, I won't challenge them, yeah, yeah. which is wrong because I will not use that word. It's not acceptable. Hmm. So, why do I allow them to use it? it yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's... I had, a, I had a sponsor that told me, I don't know why you can be friends with these people because they are womanizers. They're cheating on girlfriends, etc., etc. Et like, how can you be friends with that? And I, was, and I was very young when he said it. I was like, well, that's one part. 
Yeah. Like if you look at the other 95%, they're just good people. Yeah. And we are perfect for each other. And I just don't partake or participate in that aspect. Uh, yeah. Or engage in that aspect. But as I became older, I'm like, well, that is now, I can't have friends that do that. Yeah. When I was younger, I could have turned a blind eye to it. Now that I'm older, it's like, I can't turn a blind eye to it. So I think your, your morality has strengthened around that. Yes. And because you married yourself, it's just going to it has a complete different meaning I suppose no definitely definitely and I think also uh, experiencing uh, um, experiencing a lady that has cheated on you it's, uh, it's, it's not nice it's yeah. just like good people don't do that unless uh, I spoke to a friend the other day I said to him I've never cheated on anyone but it's because I've been sober my whole life yeah. in uh, relationships so I've never had a cop out I think a lot of people cheat on each other because it's like they have a couple of drinks as a cop-out. Yeah. <laughs> Where I inevitably always sit with, yeah. I made that decision, you know? Totally so. Um, so uh, my other question is, if you are, how do you, how do you continue to be with friends if they do stuff? that you don't feel comfortable with. So, for example, say the, the K word. Yeah. But you're too uncomfortable to say something. Like, what do you do in those situations? Or how do you approach it? I think... Okay. Um, I'm going to, to answer the question with, with a weird example. Go for it. So, in... Oh, my God. What year was it? 1990 three going into the new year's eve going into 1993 i met the guy at a party at the new year's party fell head over heels over love with him um, but i left for cape town on the 5th of january 1993 so we saw each other for five days had this fleeting romance and i moved to cape town and he was in Joburg, but we kind of committed to having a long-term uh, long-distance relationship then, a few months later, my friend came to visit me in Cape Town, and he put on a t-shirt, a Zimbabwe t-shirt. And I said to him, oh my God, that's a nice t-shirt, where did you get it? He said, oh, I got it from Mark. I said, my Mark? He said, you mean my Mark? <laughs> but we didn't know, it was Mark was dating both of us at that stage. Ah. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> and obviously there was a lot of emotions involved but very very strangely both of us kind of agreed that if Mark is not important enough to fuck up a, f a friendship of X amount of years mm. and the other guy and I are still friends today and he's also an old army, army butt so what I'm saying is some things are just not important enough to I get what you're saying but to, why to, to fuck up a, a friendship over yeah but that's a like if we want to go deeper it's like why what is so special with you two that clicks that that is not an issue you know what I mean yeah because it's like I think with, what, what with, makes with my friend and I at that stage it was kind of suddenly because by that, that stage he wasn't still he wasn't seeing Mark anymore yeah. So it was okay because now 
he was an enemy to both of us, which strengthened our, fr our, fr our friendship. Okay, okay. Um, but let, let's think of an example. Shall we use the, 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 the whole racism thing? Okay. Is, so... First of all, I think... I think it's important that whether an opinion is right or wrong, somebody's entitled to an opinion. Mm. But now, if I know one of my friends hits his wife, will I also just ignore that? So why is it okay for, 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 for in, in, my, in my head that you can discriminate against another party and that's okay, but when it comes to, to another form of discrimination, it is okay. Yeah, but I think the example you're using there is uh, it's, it's not correct. It's, for me, it's like if your friend said his wife pisses him off, so much that he thinks of beating her every now and again. Yeah. Versus a friend saying the K word. I think that is more in sync. Okay. Versus yes. a friend that beats Actually, up black people because he doesn't like yeah. them as a race versus a friend that beats up his wife. Yeah. So, and I think it's like, you know me, I have an extreme way of expressing my emotions sometimes. We, I do? I'm like I, I want seen that. I want to chop people's legs off with the fucking fungus, which I said an hour ago. And I think you can distinguish that uh, it's a form of expression. Yeah. And when push comes to shove, I'll never do it. And I think it's also sometimes with. And I'm not. I don't want to make it okay, but it's like some friends in a moment of anger and frustration uses the K word. But when push comes to shove, I know a friend. He uses that word in traffic or whatever. Yeah. He does more for black and colored people than what any hippie, liberal-minded person that is really socially out there on public platforms. And I think that's why sometimes it becomes okay for my friend to say that because I know it's just a form of expression and he's actually a really good person and I don't take it too hard where there's other people if they say it and i see also the way they live their life it's a bit like yeah you know what i think you're right because both people that i'm now think of that i know use that word definitely do more for other color people than i do yeah and so i know it, it, it it's it's it that word doesn't reflect in the way they live their lives no, I talk about murder so often when I express my emotions and I am 100% against it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's an extreme form of expressing my anger. And we as humans are so um, primitive sometimes. And then within the primitive species that we are, we have primitive individuals yeah. that have a lack of emotional and spiritual understanding and then in very heated moments they express themselves that doesn't and i think again with the primitive humans that we are we want to hold a gun against someone's head for something they said in a moment of yeah. rage like i had people that drove into my car and i was so rageful and half an hour later i contacted everyone i could to apologize and <laughs> rectify the moment <laughs> and it's like and now everyone wanted to hold me 
as this guy yeah. that two minutes there. Listen, if I continue to do this every week, Absolutely, then I'm a yeah. dick. But um, I just think there's a little bit more to this whole thing. So we're talking about a, 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 a true shared morality. Yeah. That even though they, they, they sometimes say something that's not con- congruent with, with the actual sense of morality, as, as a friend, we see that true morality. Yeah. They, they live it. It's like I always say, kind of, you know, don't tell me you're fucking spiritual. Live so that I can see you fucking spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and with, with the people who are my good friends, is I connect on a deep level with that morality. So mm. even when they sometimes act outside of that morality, I, I know what the true morality is. Definitely. And I think, um, I, I'm sure you know from your podcast, is that you have certain people on your podcast and you're like, fuck, that was an awesome podcast and I'll never see that person again yeah. in my life. More than the podcast, there's nothing. Yeah. But there's some people, it's like, if we somehow lived in a different society, I think we could have been best friends or we would have been really good friends because yeah. there's this army guy that I did from America. It was I think such a nice chat. We just still freaked me out that I'd enjoy it. <laughs> it's like uh, we just connected on such a weird yeah. level. It's like, dude, just to confirm, I'm still coming tomorrow. Oh, thank you so much to let me know. And uh, we spoke about it where it's like we just... He does that. I does that. And when I'm like, yeah. okay, the idea for the podcast, and I laid out the idea nicely, it's like I do the same. And then it's like we talk about this or this or this, and it's, it's exactly what you say. There were certain rules to life that we share. Yeah. You treat each other with respect. Um, right is right. Fucking right is right. You yes. don't have to argue to someone why you think you're right. It's like you wrote... You drove over a red light. You bumped into me. There's no, like, interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) Right is right, you know. And there's a certain element where I have some friends that will argue and be like, oh, but you know what, like... I have some friends. I'm frowning. <laughs> yeah, I have, I've, I've come to know that I've had some friends and I'm like, listen, in business, they're a certain type yeah. of person. And in their personal lives, they're a certain type of person. I see that you're also looking at the time. Uh, we have five minutes uh, before uh, this alarm goes off. Quick question. I think mm. about this sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Being gay and having male friends, is that difficult? Or because I'm sure at some point it's like if I have a male friend. You mean straight male friends. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or even gay male, uh, male friends. It's like if I have a male friend, at no point do I think like I want to put my finger up their bum. <laughs> 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 and I might want their finger up mine. It's like you know that that is a giraffe and that is a leopard and that is a... Is it weird? Uh, I'm, and I'm sure this is probably different for different gay men because I'm stereotyping now that, you know. Yeah. But is it something that ever comes up where it's like, well, this gay guy is super handsome or attractive or he's got this energy and it's quite difficult to be his friend because I'm attracted or vice versa. Yeah. Or this guy is straight, but <laughs> what's your take on that? It's very weird. Um. It can get awkward, yes, okay. definitely. I'll, I'll, I'll be lying if, if, if I say it's not. When in my previous relationship, 
we must have been together for about six or seven years when both of us we were drawn into a circle of friends and in that circle of friends was was a really really super nice guy and i suddenly realized that i think i'm in love with this guy mm. and for for days and, and probably a week or maybe two there was this weird energy in me god i can't stop thinking about this guy and what do i do and 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 and, and one night my boyfriend and i were chatting and i said to him i think i'm in love with this guy and he looked at me and he said oh my god of course he's awesome <laughs> <laughs> shame guilt broken yeah the, 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 the what do you call it um the fascination is gone yeah and we ended up being good friends mm. both of us with him and I think that is such a difficult question. I think very, very quickly, I know whether I'm sexually attracted to somebody or not. Yeah. For instance, in my previous relationship, when I was doing drugs and all that that kind of thing, I had no boundaries. I would push a boundary with a straight guy, trying to to, to get him into bed. Yeah whether he was mildly interested or not at all, I would always play the, the, the jokes and those type of things. And because I didn't respect myself, I couldn't respect that person. They, I couldn't respect their boundaries. Yeah. Now, in recovery, I just don't do that shit mm. because I respect myself and I respect my own boundaries. So if I have a lot more respect for other people's boundaries. Because I know from... From my own personal experience, I could never be friends with women if they were slightly attractive. It was just not possible. Or something that you that you are actually sexually attracted to. Yeah. Is, is that what you say? It was no. just that was impossible for me. Yeah. So like, uh, if you if I was attracted to you, if you were pretty, it's almost like there was a certain wiring in my yeah. head that. I can be friends, I can be nice, but listen, if at any moment you're going to tell me, yeah. do you want to get it on? I'll probably say yes. Yeah. And and then if a girl's not that attractive and has not really got that, I could be like a friend friend. Yeah. And now that I'm more mature, I can feel it's slightly different. Uh, it does make a difference to, 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 to grow up. Eh? <laughs> My ex and I went to a dinner party one night and in the car on the way home, he said to me, God, what was, it, what was it with you and the guy next to you? You flirted terribly. Yeah. And I said, yeah, he spoke the most beautiful Afrikaans. <laughs> <laughs> he was ugly as hell, but oh my God, the way he used the Afrikaans language just got my knees so weak. Is it? And if he gave the slightest hint I'm interested, I would have gone for it. Okay, okay. Interesting. But... We'll, we'll talk about romantic relationships on, a, on maybe, another maybe podcast. Maybe that is one for, for, for another night. There we go. There's our 43 minutes, so we've got two minutes to summarize. To wrap up. So what, is your, what did you get out of this conversation? That I don't want my finger up anyone's bum. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to qualify, or anyone's up mine. <laughs> I think... Um, I think it's just, I don't know what makes good friends. I still don't know. 
because on paper it's like there's some people who are like fuck we got to be good friends and you aren't yeah um but definitely common middle ground uh similar morals and principles yes. uh, similar beliefs um and i think uh for me inherently i'm a good person i'm trying to be a good person and inherently that's what they need uh they can have faults and everything around that but why are you laughing um i was smiling you, you triggered something you triggered a memory and i have a, a tendency to be friends with my shadow mm. i have a friend who is just fucking weird yeah he is he is everything that is not me he's a good person um, um, he comes from from a from a family in the platteland and morally we, we we share the same but he is just way out there and i know i'm friends with him because he represents my shadow mm. he does everything that i would not ever see myself to do but i love the fact that he does it yeah <laughs> so bringing another dimension into into friendship and he one night said to me when we were stoned he looked at me and he said Near Yara Freddy used to wait for me. Yes. <laughs> What? <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> But again, that 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 other um, um, dimension is, even though he is so different, on on a moral level, he is such a good person. Mm. And I think that's ultimate. The ultimately the 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 the, the core. The, the core. Is do we connect um, morally? I think we're gonna have to think about that and come back to it. But I think uh, podcast one is in the bag. And I think what we need to do is make way for comments. If anybody wants to give a comment and tell us what they think, then um, by all means. No, I would love like if people can uh, um, can write comments. Or uh, fuck! I wish they could upload voice notes. Yeah, um, and we also didn't discuss chemistry because there is just a, I'm, I'm sure there's a, chem, a chemical aspect involved as well. Definitely, I think we'll make a note and because uh, I'm sure romantic relationships is a topic. Yeah, uh, I think um, talking about marriages that's a topic. Yeah, big topic for me in my life is hobbies. How do you pursue ah. hobbies? Um, How do you deal with uh, dark thoughts and feelings? Mm. There's a whole variety of yeah. stuff that what you talked about, like um, how we conscribe to society and yeah. how bullshit in society is somehow how we accept some unacceptable behavior as as okay. You know, so there's definitely a few podcasts that's coming up that uh, I think will make notes and it will somehow work its way back yeah. in there. But chemistry, definitely, like you just have chemistry with some people. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that is what 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 orangutans in the field is going to be about. We're just going to talk about topics that tickles us, that that we think about, that we yeah. find interesting, and we hope other people find it interesting as well. Yeah. If you talk about tickle, <laughs> <laughs> so you might just stick his finger up your bum, but he can tickle you. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> I think let's finish on that. <laughs> Thanks, Freddy. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Marvin. <laughs> See you again. Ciao.